We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode number 194, and we are in the garage, catching up on life, talking about the holidays, celebrating the things we love, including the 10 and 5 Cleveland Browns and their push towards the playoffs, the college football playoffs coming up this weekend, the Cavs, the Blue Jackets, some would-you-rather questions, and more over some cold beers. So come on up the driveway, unfold your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. Welcome on in, everybody. It is Tuesday night. It is 9 o'clock, and that means one thing here on the OBR Streaming Network. That means it's time for Garage Beers Live, episode number 194. Coming at you live, our last episode of 2023 and we got a lot of good stuff to talk about and this is going to be a little bit of a throwback this is the original two on the garage beers podcast before we figured out what we were doing it was me it was chad and that's who you got here tonight where you've got just throwing it back to just the two of us drinking beers and talking sports and it is going to be a great time hey before i get into us let me just make sure that you are tuned in and following the OBR. We are brought to you proudly here on the OBR streaming network. The OBR is the best place to get Cleveland Browns coverage and the Garage Beers podcast anywhere in Cleveland. Uh, the OBR.com, the streaming network, the socials. Make sure you are subscribed to the OBR. Make sure you hit follow if you're watching tonight on Twitch or on YouTube. And again, go follow the socials as well. If you're joining us on Twitter, welcome. If you want to be a part of the show, we always like to bring in your comments, but you got to do that on Twitch and YouTube. So get over to Twitch and YouTube if you're watching on Twitter. If you're just here to hang out and, and chill with us on Twitter, that's cool too, though. With you as always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Find me online at Garage Beers Mike and joining me over on the east side of Cleveland. It's Chad Meyer at Garage Beers. Chad, what's up, Chad? Oh, I finally got a good picture of him. I was uh, trying to get a picture there of the Texas State quarterback here. Uh, Going to put up a poll. Genuinely curious if he's wearing uh, football pants or Spanx. I have no idea. But, uh, hey, uh, just under the wire, huh, bud? What do you mean? You're just getting here. Getting here. Just under the wire, huh? Yeah, you know, it's just that time of the year, man. Yeah. I think you did the same thing I did. It was all of a sudden, you know, with Christmas being on a Monday and our show sure. being on a Tuesday. Sure. Yeah, I said it earlier on my other show on the doghouse. All of a sudden it was earlier today. And I'm like, oh, wait, I got a podcast tonight. Like, yeah, I got a show to do tonight. It's just the, the holiday season, man. It gets yeah. to you. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, oh, life. <laughs> right. Life is back. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of Christmas, uh, Mike, it's it's time. It's here. Uh, 
I, I did not ask for this. Um, this was strictly uh, my wife, but uh, it's time, Mike. It's 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 here. I've uh, joined an exclusive club, I, I guess. And let me just do something right here. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know what's going on. Hey. Uh huh. Did you get the influencer light? Oh well, not the full ring, not the fancy schmancy ring like you have, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I've got like this little clip-on thing that uh, oh, this is I, so I, nice. I, I attached to my to my screen now. Wife was like, "Oh, you look so dark on the podcast," and I said, "Yeah, there's a reason for that." And then, um, yeah. So here I am. Here I am. Now no, everybody can. Nice. Now everybody can see my stupid face. Yeah, you always look like you're just ominously lurking in the dark in the background. I, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. I'll be honest with you. But, it added uh, to the mystery of Jed Meyer. It did. It did. The, the, the allure. So now I just got to keep this mic in front of my face the whole time. Which is, uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Keep that there. Yeah. Don't, let's not go scaring people off. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, as we mentioned, uh, Christmas was yesterday. Hope you guys all had a great holiday, a great Christmas uh, enjoyed football and family and friends and uh hope Santa was good to all of you. Was Santa good to you guys over at your house, Chad? Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> yeah. Except for the whole sleep thing. The fucking kids were up at, uh, one 30. Uh, they got up at one 30 and they just could not stop rolling around. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm like, I totally get it, but you get your ass back to sleep. <laughs> uh, and then they just like, I just, I just can't. I'm so excited. Finally at about three, three 30, I said, if you don't go to bed, Santa's going to pass by our house. All right. So finally they fell back asleep around three, three 30 and only to wake up again at five 30. I'm like, all right, let's Yo, get this. Let's get this over with. <laughs> we had, we had a party here on Christmas Eve night. Good yeah. time. It was like the, the in-laws sure. had a really good time. It was nice. And then uh, Katie's parents and uh, her grandma sleep over. And so like Katie's parents get the guest room and Katie's grandma sleeps in uh, Patrick's room. And so we thought we'd try something. So again, my kids are six and two. Right. And we thought, you know what? We've got this nugget thing, which can like basically serve as a bed. We'll put Patrick on the nugget in Lucy's room and the two of them can just sleep in that room together. Okay. That lasted about 15 minutes <laughs> and it was hilarious. I'm going to have to share the video at some point because we're watching it on the camera and we're dying laughing. My daughter is so excited that he's in the room that she will not shut up. <laughs> having a crisis in bed my son is going lucy go to sleep or he's not coming or he's not coming stop talking go to sleep and in 15 minutes um she was like so ho-ho's coming and he's like shut up please shut up. I'm gonna bed. So finally we were like all right this ain't gonna work and we just yeah so right it was right. good though holiday was great yeah, 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 for sure. Outside of the sleep thing, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I got a, uh, my big old present was I got a cold plunge uh, pod tub thing that I can, uh, that I can, that I can pop in now. I, I started cold plunging like right before I went to Alaska and it's just been, I dread, love it. I dread slash love it every single time, dude. I, I'd say I get in there for my two minutes and I pop out, like feel like a brand new man. Do you really? I do. I, I really do. Like all my like, inflammation in my like my knees my my shins my feet is just all right is gone i like i get like i get an energy boost it's 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 real real nice yeah all right yeah. Well, very cool very yeah. cool i love this i love I'm, it 
How about you? A little self-care. Nothing wrong with a little self-care. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, You know, we didn't. We didn't do a lot of big presents. Katie sprung on me. She should have been my asshole of the week last week because she told me we weren't doing presents. And then she was like, but I got you a couple of things. I'm like, what? Oh, boy. Oh, Why no. did you tell me we weren't doing things? And then he got me. <laughs> but no, a lot of my stuff. Uh, was like she bought me a bottle of bourbon, which was great. Sure. And uh, I got a few like new gear items, like Guardian shirts and Brown sure. shirts. That was cool. That, those sure. were the big ticket items. I didn't have any big ticket yeah. items this year, but that was fine. We, I, I get, I don't need big ticket items. Did she pull? My, did she? Did she pull the old? What's the? What did you get me? Like, was she expecting you to get something? Like, no, we talked about it. We were like, we're not going to do gifts. And I was why? like, okay, well, if we're going to agree on that, then we're going to agree on that. And then she was like, well, but I got you gifts, and I'm like, right, right. But you, but yeah, that's that's you know that thing that women do, like you know, like oh no, but then that really means yes. Yeah. Well, in my world. I just follow what I'm told. And if you're trying to play games with me, you're going to be disappointed in the end. Well, yeah, that's why, that's why I always say like relationships, marriages would be so much easier if women just realize we're not as smart as they want us to be. All right. <laughs> like, See, but, like, but she is smart. And she was like, she was like, well, if, if I want him to get me something, I got to tell him. So, okay. Well, there you go. Okay. So yeah, perfect. Anyway. Perfect. Yeah. Anyways, again, we hope you all had a great time. Again, you'll notice Joey's not here with us tonight. Joey is out in Seattle. Uh, He's with his in-laws and the new bride. Well, I guess it's not really new. They've been married like a year now, but um, uh, he's out there. He won't be joining us tonight. So it's just Chad and I, uh, and it's going to be a good time. We've got a lot to talk about. Again, uh, the Cleveland Browns gave us a gift uh, over the holiday weekend. So we're going to talk about that. They got a game coming up in two days, Thursday night football. We're going to talk about that. Uh, listen, college football playoffs are coming up. I think we really want to dive in a little bit to those games and talk a little college football because the next time we talk, we're going to know who's playing in the national championship. So we want to break down those games. Plus we can do quick hitters on the jackets and the calves and all that stuff. So we'll get into all of that, but this show isn't called garage beers for no reason. The show is called garage beers because we like to talk sports while we're drinking beers. And now it's time for us to do our garage beers of the week segment. So Chad, What's your garage beer of the week this week? Well, uh, luckily for me, I'm not going to need new beer for a while. So I dipped back into that Michigan craft beer basket uh, that I got. And this is from Ludington Bay uh, Brewing Company. And uh, oddly enough, they're in Ludington, Michigan. Huh? Pretty cool. Shocking. Yeah. Um, And this is, like I said, I'm trying to get the IPAs over with. This is an East Coast style double IPA. Woo! Right there, that guy. Oh, let's go. Yeah, Ludington Bay. Uh, it's seven point seven, so it's not bad. The colors there. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I mean, East Coast. Oh, is, that looks like it's going to be so good. Oh yeah. Yes. You think so? Yeah, I think it's going to be great. You think so? Yeah, taste it. Co- what's your confidence level at? Like one to ten. Ten and a half. Stop it. <sighs> okay. All right. Ah! Listen. Listen. Ah! Listen, I will say, ah! I will say, uh, that's better than the last one I had. Like, I, I'm only getting hints of awfulness and potpourri in that one. Uh, and, and so less than that. Anytime I can get less of that, that's a beer I like to drink. So, yeah, you, this, is a, this is a nicer IPA. East Coast IPA shouldn't scare you. East Coast IPAs, you, the West Coast ones are the ones that should scare the shit out of you. Those okay. are the piney, the, the, the real, like, bitter piney ipas or the west coast type east coast is more juicy fruit forward that kind of stuff so the east coast ones i knew you were going to think that one was all right i knew you were going to think it was all right 
How does that sound good to anybody though? Like a West Coast, like it's real piney, real bitter. Oh, I love real, it. Like, but why does that, how does that sound good to any? It's like it's like it's like people who like to eat like the hottest like Satan's piss hot sauce. Like how is that enjoyable for anybody? Yeah, so like people like different things, Chad. I know, but like I don't know. It's it's like stupid. Yeah, look at look at yeah. chocolate bear in the comments. Things like gin, love gin. Yeah, yeah. bitter, good flavor though. Like gin, uh, yeah, straight, just, like gin straight up. I love me a good gin and tonic. I feel like I sound like I'm my son. Every time I tell my son, like, come on, try this Brussels sprout. It's delicious. He'll look at me and be like, dad, different people like different things. Like, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Shut up. Uh, all right. All right. So you've got a fairly relatively okay, enjoyable IPA for you, which would probably be, that's probably a ringing endorsement, by the way, if you like IPAs and you like uh, specifically like East coast, new England style, Hold up that can again, Chad. If Chad oh, thinks it's sorry, all right. My, my influencer light is getting in the way. If Chad thinks it's all right, then that's probably a beer you want to try because it's probably delicious. So go get that one checked out. Got a couple of you guys in the comments telling us what you're drinking tonight. Jared Turnwald in the comments drinking Bomb Zaka Pale Ale from Olentangy River Brewing. We got Drew in Brick City. And oh, we that's love, nice. We love all you guys. Drew in Brick City. Mafia funeral in my victory bowl tonight. Oh, that's love nice. That. I can turn it down. Oh, that's dumb. Ugh. It still doesn't look right. That's okay. That's all right. It's okay. We'll figure it out. And then it brings it to me. And I'm going to go back to a brewery that we've had on a lot lately, but I'm going to bring it back to the hometown. Great Lakes Brewing. Did you just turn it off, Chad? <laughs> no, I'm trying different angles. Like, look at oh, oh, now you look, look you look like Dracula. That looks spooky. Ooh, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are you? Just the count from Sesame Street? <laughs> One cookie. Uh, 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 uh. uh, uh, uh. The, <laughs> number, the suspense is killing me. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, God damn it. Uh, All right, here we go. All right. No, that's fine. Good. You just distract everybody. Uh, I went back to Great Lakes and I got <laughs> this Arctic Ancient Imperial IPA. Okay. Great right. tan. Great can art. You know what that looks that like? The, awesome. That looks like, you remember the, uh, the, the video game at the beginning of Big? <laughs> like that kind of looks like the ice, yes. the ice Master in the beginning of Big. The Ice Master. I love or it. Yeah. yeah, this one's great. Eight and a half percent. And it is a more of a winter cold weather IPA. Kind of like the one I had last week. A little more on the bitter side, uh, but delicious. This is a great IPA. Okay. All right. I feel like we're just in that. Once you hit the fall... Fall to spring, I feel like is Great Lakes Brewing just home run zone where they just hit home runs with a bunch of beers. This is a home run beer. I had never seen it anywhere until we went out to dinner there a few weeks ago and I saw it. And, th and then I saw it like in the store. If you see Arctic Ancient Imperial IPA by Great Lakes and you like IPAs, pick it up. It's really, really good. All right. So those, are, those are our garage beers of the week. Uh, you keep letting us know what you're drinking tonight, but we're going to dive into episode 194, which, by the way, I was a total idiot last week. I kept saying 192, even though last week was episode 193. But now I am correct in saying that today is episode 194. And we're going to start it off. At, this has been really interesting, Chad. Okay. Because this is the first time that we've been doing this show. We're about to enter our fourth year of doing this show. Weird. I know. Um and I don't ever remember a season, a football season, where we have been so Browns heavy on this show. Well, yeah. But I'm looking around at the other stuff, and I'm going, uh, yeah, I love talking about the Blue Jackets, but they are a train wreck right now. They are just a train wreck. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, 
we usually talk about the Cavs, but they've they've been so up and down and a, a little bit frustrating, and the injuries sure. are killing them, just like they've been hitting the Browns. Um, that we've for the first time in forever, it's like the the Buckeyes aren't in the playoffs. It's like the Browns are the saving grace every week, Chad. They're like it's yeah. the saving grace of what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean it's it's for 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 the first time and unexpectedly, I I, I would say is uh. Yeah, the Browns are actually good. <laughs> like, the Browns are actually good. And, and, you know, we've done it with the Jackets when they're good. We've done it with the Cavs when they're good. We Like, whoever's good at the time, that's who we spend the most time on. Because, frankly, when the Browns are bad, they're not really worth talking about a, a ton. Sorry. I mean, I know we're on the OBR. But, yeah, I mean, it's 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 fun, man. When the, This is so I haven't had, I didn't even have this much fun in, in COVID year, in the COVID year. I don't know. I just, I, I, it just, this year has been, I just, I don't know, just a real treat. Just a, just a fucking treat, Mike. <laughs> just uh, a whole damn treat. It's just a whole treat. Uh, like, like just between all the storylines and all the adversity they've overcome. And like when, typically when you have a team that faces as much injuries, as many injuries as the Browns have had, I mean, this was like when every when everybody started getting hurt, like we all thought this season was going downhill, but no, they just stuck together. They banded together. And this is it's only made this season that much more fun. So, yeah, I, I mean, I know I was even down a little bit. I thought I was exhausted, but you know what? They just keep winning. So uh, I, it like sky's the limit for this team, man. And so, yeah, yeah, the Browns are, are the saving grace because there's so much fun to talk about. Yeah, I think time makes you forget some things, man. That 2020 season was a wild ride. It was so yeah. all I can think. Uh, actually, the most fun I think I had outside of that Steelers game, watching a Browns game that year, was that Ravens game, and they lost it. the The Lamar Jackson poop scandal. Yeah. But man, man, how much fun was that game? There were so many games that were so fun that year. But this year, you're right. Like, I don't want to compare the years because they were both great years. But this has been, it's been incredible what the Cleveland Browns have, have done this year. I mean, 10 and five. And again, and I keep, all you got to do is keep saying it. You've lost your quarterback. Right. And then your backups weren't what you thought they were going to be. You got a guy. I hate the phrase off the couch, by the way. Can we talk about that? But yet you somehow hear, found a way to I, win. <laughs> if I hear <laughs> one more part. person, if I hear one more person refer to off the couch for Joe Flacco, I fucking hate that. Why? He's Why not on the couch. I don't know. He wasn't on the couch. He very he well could have been. No, he was in his house, Mike. He talked about how he would practice like every day with his brother. Like he was staying in shape. Sure. I, this off the couch thing is just so lame to me. Uh, and the, and everybody feels the need to say it. Man, well, off the couch, Joe yeah. Flacco. Oh, off the couch, I, Joe Flacco. I, bitch, he was not just sitting around. It's, it's not. I. <laughs> You you're taking it too literally. <laughs> you re, you really are. <laughs> I just I, I just hate the fact that everybody feels the need to say right. it. It's not a thing that you need to say all the time. Like even in the they'll do the post game interviews on the field, and whoever like the sideline reporter is is like, oh okay, kid Wilson. First of all, you're right. I could probably stand to get off the couch a little more often, and oh, I'm I'm thinking about that at some point. Uh, no, I'm just joking. I don't, I don't take offense at all. No, I'm you're not joking. wrong. Kid Wilson. You're not wrong. Shut the fuck up, Chad. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's not. I, it's just like, it'll be a sideline reporter after the game. And they'll be like, Joe, 
this has got to be so much fun for you off the couch. You have come and done this. And I'm like, how do we all have to say, it? do you have to say off the couch when, when referring to Joe Flacco from now on? Yeah. I mean, yes, I hate it. Yes. Hate because it. he was sitting at home. It'd be different if he was on the roster the whole year, but he was sitting at home till what week 13. Of course, people are going to say it like you should expect it. I'm not saying it's like awesome. That's awesome saying everybody should keep saying it. But yes, of course, they're going to keep saying it because it's where it started. It's where his storyline started. I wish everybody would shut up about it. To be Oh, honest. man. Listen, it is uh, awful. Joe, Joe, is that bench anything like your couch? Because when you get off, I have to go oh. off for the offensive series. Off the couch. Just <laughs> he was just sitting there. On the uh, couch, and now he's off it, and he's playing football. And he taking Joe, it. Joe Flacco hasn't even looked at a football in ten months, and oh, now off the couch. Ugh. You're taking it so literally. Miracle, it's hilarious. <laughs> I don't. I just don't like the saying. I just don't like the saying. Stupid, <laughs> stupid. Oh my god! You know what's not stupid, Chad? Joe Flacco. I Joe know. Flacco's not fucking stupid. Fucking awesome. Joe Flacco. Uh, let's talk about this game this last week. Sure. Uh, so. I think there were some areas that people had a little hesitation about this game because this is a Houston Texans team that they played with a really, I, I love their head coach. I love D'Amico Ryans. Um, defensively, they'd been playing pretty well. Obviously, offensively, they lost CJ Stroud, but they had still kind of figured some things out. The Browns go down and face Case Keenum and the Texans and dominate from the start. I yeah. mean, I mean, play one is a 50 plus yard bomb to Amari Cooper. And that would be a theme in this game. Mm -hmm. They would eventually score on their opening drive. They blew things open in the second quarter. They go into halftime 22, seven up on the, on the Texans. And the only score the Texans had was on a kick return for a touchdown. So the defense blanked the Texans for three quarters. Uh, and you go into the fourth quarter up what 28 to seven. I mean, mm -hmm. it was a dominant performance. The 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 Browns would tack on another touchdown. Uh, the Texans would score a little bit in the fourth quarter, but 36-22 victory, beginning to shut, dominant performance. Um, and that was a blast. That was everything about that game except for one thing was a blast. What, Corey Bohorka is getting hurt? I don't, I mean, it's not great that he got hurt, but I'm a little more concerned about Dustin Hopkins. <laughs> no, Riley Patterson's going to be fine. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, man, it, it was a lot of fun. Listen, I, I'll, I'll eat crow. Uh, I'll eat all of the crow for this one, man. I, I thought this game was going to be a, a lot more, much more of a fight. And it, it wasn't so much that it had anything to do with the Texans. It, it was, it had everything to do with that. This defense tends to struggle on the road, but they, they came out with a fire under their ass. They were, and they just absolutely, like you said, suffocated uh, the Texans. I mean, I think at one point the offensive yardage was like 350 to just 100 or 120 yards. So, yeah, I mean, this this score was not anywhere even close to being indicative of how of how uh, far apart this game was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to even worry about the garbage time touchdowns that the defense gave up in the fourth right. quarter. There's just not because they they eased back a little bit. So, yeah, it's it's just a dominant performance from the get go, from the kickoff, man. And and uh, yeah, that was probably one of the more fun fun games all year. I mean, this God, when man, this offense with Flacco in it and, and is is in such a flow, is in such a rhythm right now. 
and that and and I think that's I think that's the biggest difference between this team. If I could go back to like when we we're talking about this team and the 2020 team this year, Mike, is it feels like this Browns team can beat anybody. It didn't feel that way to me in 2020, but it feels like that this Browns team with the way, again, like I said, with the way this offense is going with how dominating this defense is, it feels like they can beat anybody and they just beat the hell out of a pretty good Texans team. And, and <laughs> they got the jets in two days and I have no reason to think that they're, they're going to fall off at all. So I I've just, I'm what, what a, what a job, but by Flacco, by Cooper, by the defense, by everybody, man. Uh, we're going to go to the guy that was making garage beers, Mike fat jokes before kid Wilson in the comments. Uh, do you think Flacco is just a perfect fit for the system? Or do you think he would have done this with any other team? If you had assigned um, uh, me personally, Chad, I think he's perfect for Kevin Stefanski's offense. Uh, yeah. And this is what, this is what we've kind of been talking about. Kevin Stefanski's offense is predicated on finding ways to get guys open on the field and having a quarterback that you can trust to let the ball go to put it in the place where the receiver is supposed to be. And Flacco is so good at that. It's actually, he's over, he's been too good at, it, good at it a couple of times because a couple of his turnovers, a couple of his interceptions that he's thrown uh, were thrown in areas that receivers were supposed to go and they didn't break the way that he thought they were going to. So Flacco puts the ball where the receiver's supposed to be. And that is what Kevin Stefanski wants a quarterback to do. He wants to throw with anticipation. He wants to throw into windows. He wants to make smart passes short. Um, and, and and then he wants a guy that can take the top off. And Joe, Joe Flacco has just been, he makes every throw. He can make every single throw. There's nothing that he can't do out on that field. That's That has been the best part about him. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I talked about it earlier, Mike, I mean, this is, he seems like another version of, of, of Kirk cousins, right? Kirk cousins took this Stefanski offense and, and he was, he was on the, he was borderline, not going to even get a second contract borderline being a backup quarterback, but Kevin Stefanski, his system allowed Kirk to flourish. And, you know, and when you get a savvy veteran like Joe Flacco and who understands this type of offense, because you know, a, a lot of it is play action too. And he is such a good play action quarterback uh, that he just, and, and he's able to, like you said, he's able to put the balls into windows. He's able to throw with anticipation uh, and he's able to hit receivers in stride. And he looks, just, he looks so confident in this offense because, but uh, frankly, it's his system is made for more of a, a I know I'm going to cause controversy probably here, but his system is made more for a pocket passer. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and, and that's exactly what Flacco is. Flacco's so good in the pocket. He can scramble a little bit and uh, what, what a, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's why. So yeah, he is a perfect fit for this system. Do I think Flacco could succeed in other? Yeah, I think he could. I, you sure. know, I, I, look at the team that's coming in. Why wasn't Joe Flacco like this on the jets last year? Cause the jets suck at calling plays. Like, it's a combination of, again, I think we're seeing, I don't want to hear people say, I don't want to hear people say like Kevin Stefanski and play calling Kevin Stefanski calls great games. And Joe Flacco is able to make the throws that Kevin Stefanski needs a quarterback to make. So uh, Joe Flacco could succeed anywhere. I think because he's showing you, he still has the ability and the talent to do that, but he's succeeding here because not only does he have the talent and the ability but he's got a, a staff between Stefanski and Van Pelt and the entire coaching staff that is putting him in positions to succeed as well. And they're calling awesome games that are allowing him to flourish. So 
listen, he's not perfect. Uh, he makes no. some some, no he makes some bad is. reads sometimes. No quarterback is. Uh, he's a little too turnover heavy, although I will say that I don't think he should get dinged for either one of the interceptions that happened uh, in this game against Houston. Uh, uh, but he could still cut out the mistakes. I think we saw it a little bit more. Uh, he was better at it this week. But I, there, uh, to me, I don't. Again, I without he didn't play perfect, and the Browns went out and scored thirty six points without a running game and without a kicker, and I I don't I'm not going to say I think the Browns are going to score thirty six points every week, but there's nothing that tells me that this Browns offense isn't going to come out and put up points in every game. There's nothing that tells me they're going to hit a dud like uh, like it just I don't know where I see it coming. You don't have to be perfect, all right? You don't have to be perfect when you're throwing for 350 plus and three scores. You're going to you're going to get a couple of a couple of interceptions. You're going to get a couple of bad reads. You're going to get a couple of bad throws. You don't have to be perfect when you're being this dynamic with the football, when you're able to make plays and push the ball upfield like he does. So yeah, I mean turnovers are going to happen, but and that's and that's another fun part about this Browns team is that with those turnovers you got a defense that can shut the offense, the, the opposing offense down uh, besides those turnovers. So, so it's almost like those turnovers. Um, I, I'm not going to call them insignificant because I mean, obviously you don't want turnovers to happen, but if, if, if you do, if you can take chances and make some bad reads, you got a defense that can shut the door on the, uh, on the opposing offense when you make those turnovers. So yeah, you, and know, that's you, a, know, you don't have people, to be perfect. People keep kind of knocking like, Oh, but the turnovers, the turnovers, look at how many turnovers he's had. And I'm like, I'm sitting here going gunslinger, man. This is Brett Favre. Yeah. This is what Brett Favre was his whole career. He would have a ton of turnovers, but you know what? He also did threw for a ton of yards and a ton of touchdowns. And he won a lot of football games. But, uh, he, Joe Flacco is out there taking chances and he's not. Uh, I saw this comment and you kind of brought it up. Evan Joseph said it in the comments. He's uh, Evan Joseph says you're saying Stefanski and Watson are incompatible. I wouldn't say that at all, but I will tell you this. If I was the coaching staff with Deshaun Watson in the offseason, I'd be watching a lot of film on how Joe Flacco runs this offense and throws with anticipation and gets the ball out of his hands early and all that. I think Watson struggled with that since he's come back. Watson likes to see his guys open. And Flacco's throwing to guys before you can see them open. That's what you need to do in this offense. Put it in the spot they're supposed to be and let them go make a play. I would want to see more of that from Deshaun Watson. But again, yeah, this absolutely. is not a I'm not having a Joe Flacco Deshaun Watson conversation. Deshaun Watson is the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Yep. Period. Yeah. If the Cleveland Browns win the world or win the World Series, win this uh, the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, Deshaun Watson is your starter week one of next year. Like, let's yep. get that on. Let's be done with that. Let's, Would I like yeah. to see Joe Flacco back? Yeah, it'd be great. I'd love to see him like backing oh. up Deshaun Watson. But I, I would love that, and that would scare the shit out of me at the same time. Uh, but um, yeah, getting back to our previous, you know, previous conversation, Mike, about the turnovers. Uh, let, let me put it this way: the Browns lead the NFL in turnovers with thirty-two. Yeah. And, we're, and we're ten and five. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's it's. I mean, that just, this team can overcome those chances that Joe is taking. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So yeah, you got Joe Flacco. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this Texans game and talk about Amari Cooper in one of the most 
astounding performances you will ever see on a football field. Amari Cooper breaks the Cleveland Browns record for most yards in a game. Amari Cooper has 11 catches, 265 yards, and two touchdowns. And he was as good. I mean, that's as good as you'll ever see a wide receiver ever play one single football game ever. It's one of the great performances of all time. And he showed you so many reasons why he is so good. And you saw so many reasons. Not only is his his speed a little sneaky down the field, but getting open over and over again deep. But man, more impressive than that. Think of those. He had three or four of those sideline catches where he had to either completely adjust his body, go up, get the ball, get two feet inbounds before he went out of bounds. Or I think about that. I think it was a fourth down play. Yeah, where Flacco was in in trouble in the backfield, and he just flung it out to the sideline. It went directly over the outstretched hands of the defensive back, and Amari Cooper was just tiptoeing the sideline, waiting for it to fall into his hands. It was a pristine football game for Amari Cooper, one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I I would love to see like the the stats on him like where where he ranks when it comes to contested catches because that's oh. a, a, that's another big part of Amari's uh, Amari's success. Not only is he one of the best route runners in the league, he got like you know like you said he's got deceptive speed, but the the contested catches are I think what might be even more impressive because you know when when you're there when you when you see that ball going back shoulder when you see that ball. Uh, just, I don't know, just being thrown into coverage. I mean, even those deep balls, there was, there was, you know, that first deep ball, that first play of the game, there were two defensive backs on him and, and there was a defensive back on him on that set long touchdown as well. He cut, he just comes down with the football. He's always, he's always going to come down with the football. So yeah. So anytime you know you see the ball going up to him, you know, there's a chance. Has he had a little bit more drops than I'm like, than I'm than I than I than I'm used to seeing him do this year. Yes, but I tell you what, that doesn't take away from the, the how brilliant he is as a receiver. And man, Sunday, wow! I, I just, yeah, I, I don't ever remember a, a a performance like that. I mean, yeah, he beat Josh Gordon's record, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just, it was beautiful to watch. Man, uh, he just he could do nothing wrong that game. I mean, think about the season he is having, Amari Cooper currently ranks six now in the NFL, 1,250 receiving yards. But I think it's even more than that because when you look at the list of the top receivers, he is like 20 behind 20 receptions behind the next person on that list for, for, um, for yards, his 17.4 yards per catch average is fourth in the NFL. Uh, and like, so that just, I mean, not only is he just going out there and collecting catches, but he's going out there and hitting home runs and he's making big plays. And I'll tell you the area. And I tweeted about it in the game, the area at which I think you saw the Amari Cooper effect was a play that didn't even involve him, but they threw um, it was the, the one interception by Flacco where he threw it up to Marquise Goodwin deep down the field. Right? No. Yeah. And Goodwin just like kept running his route and he never went up to like fight for the ball or anything. It just, he ran his route and the ball didn't land in his hands. And so it was inter- interception. And that's Marquise Goodwin. The guy, he he's fine. I love that he can take the top off the defense, but he never makes a contested catch. 
you now compare that to the long touchdown from Flacco to Amari Cooper, where Cooper had to shed the defender off his back, who actually got called for a pass interference on the play. Cooper still makes the catch and takes it for a touchdown. I mean, that is, that's the Amari Cooper effect. You can just throw the ball to him and know that it's very unlikely that if you throw the ball in his direction, anything worse than an incompletion is going to happen. Like, it's very Mm -hmm. unlikely that he's going to let a defender get the better of him. And that is such a special trait in a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a shooter in NBA, right? In the NBA, right? Like anytime, anytime a shooter in the NBA uh, puts up a shot and like, you know, chances are it's going in. It's so nice to have. Right. And that's the, the way I feel about Amari. Anytime the football is getting thrown in his direction, chances are he's coming down with the catch. And that's just, it's so nice to have something so reliable on your football team. And that's exactly what Amari is. It's, it's what he's been his whole, his entire NFL career. Yeah, so it's just, it's so nice to be able to have a reliable receiver like that. Yeah. Speaking of not reliable, the running game, not good again uh, nope. in this game against the Houston Texans. Uh, uh, they ran the ball 30 times. So it's not like they weren't putting a little effort into running the ball for all the people that like to scream about it, but Jerome Ford, 15 carries, 25 yards. He did have the touchdown on that opening drive on that uh, uh, that nice run to the outside. Ugh. Pierre Strong, five five carries for 22 yards. So, like, Pierre Strong always looks pretty good when he's running the ball, but they throw the ball so much, and he is not a good pass blocker that they're afraid to have him in there, especially with a shambles offensive line. That makes and Kareem Hunt that. did what Kareem Hunt does. Seven carries, 11 yards, and a touchdown. That's, that's what Kareem is at this point, which is fine. I, but... I, uh, 54 total yards rushing uh, on the game. I don't know. I feel like they got to figure out a way to get that at least like you got to be as a team, even with, and again, if this is, if I'm looking at something they got to work on, cause I know Joe Flacco has been amazing and the emergence of David Njoku and Amari Cooper has been awesome and all that. But if they need to work on something, like I feel like you hit playoff time, you've got to be able to start pushing as a team, just getting to a hundred yards rushing. Uh, like, yeah. Just be somewhat reliable on the ground as a team. Well, even the even the bottom tier offenses in the NFL still run for ninety yards a, a, a game. So, right? Yeah, I I watching that game. If I I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to take away from how big the win is, but like I watching Jerome Ford run the football makes me miss Nick Chubb so much. He just looks he just looks so. Uh, I, unconfident. Is that a word? <laughs> he looks, he looks so unconfident when he runs the yeah. football. Like he doesn't know where he wants to go. He doesn't have any vision. He just, he just kind of runs into blockers and just hopes he gets pushed uh, past the first down marker or pushed for a couple extra yards. He just, he looks so unconfident running the football. And then like, like, you know, like you said, Kareem, he's just, he's just going to try to use his power. He's definitely lost a step. He's just going to try to use his power to get into the open field or try to bull his way into an end zone. Or he's kind of become a, like a, like a, like a 40 pounds, less Jerome Bettis. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what he's become. He's become like the goal line carry guy, but yeah, look, uh, Bert, Bert Kosher says in YouTube, I, I think of Bronco Nagurski when I watch Kareem. Hunt this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, but yeah, you're right. Come playoff time. You know, they're going to have to figure out something They're They're definitely going to have to figure out something. That's well, and right. I agree. I, you know, I agree. Uh, uh, Evan Joseph said, you should let Pierre strong touch the ball 15 times. He's great when he has the ball, really. Yeah. I, he's been the best runner of the football. Yeah. But again, his, his pass blocking is bad. Right. And you can't, you can't have a guy that when you put him in there, 
you just let the other team know that you're going to be running the ball, right? Like you, you, there has to be a little confusion on the other team because if the team right. sees Pierre Strong come in and go, all right, we know this is going to be a run. Right. That doesn't do much for your offense, even if he is the best. I think he is the best pure runner of the football they have on the team with, with Nick Chubb being out. But he's got to be better at protecting Joe Flacco in the backfield, especially yeah. with this offensive line. Well, that's the thing. Pierre Strong gets upfield, right? Like yeah. he, 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 he takes the football. He makes it. He's decisive. He's decisive in where he wants to go. He makes the cut and he goes, right? He's not the biggest guy, but I mean, he can squeak through there and get you a few extra yards. So, I mean, yeah, if there's anybody that needs to run the football a little bit more, it should be Pierre Strong. Because like I said, Jerome Ford's you know unconfident and Kareem Hunt's become just a goal line vulture. I mean, that's basically what he is. Which is fine. Uh, yeah, Kareem which, is totally, is your, which is totally fine. Kareem Hunt is your like Jacoby Brissett of this year, right? You need short yardage. You need fourth and one. Give it to Kareem. You need a goal line thing. Give it to Kareem. Sure. And he's so reliable. Right. Um, yeah, I would rather see Pierre Strong on the ball. I, I'm a little higher, I think, on Jerome Ford than some other people. I, I don't I think I don't disagree with you. I think he's lost a little confidence. But I still think he is probably your. Uh, I, I don't know I don't, it, because he does other things well too. Uh, I think he still has an edge over Pierre strong, but yeah, it's, yeah. they've got to figure something out. You've got to be able to run the ball a little bit right. uh, in these sure. games. You cannot be sure. coming into these games, especially if they win this week and they clinch a playoff, you can't be going to on the road to Jacksonville or to Kansas city or to Baltimore or whatever and have a team that that's going to run the ball 30 for 35 yards or 50 yards. It's right. not going to work. You can't be one dimensional in the playoffs. You just can't. I mean, you can't be one dimensional in the NFL to begin with, but, uh, but in the play, when it comes to playoff time, you've got to be able to run the football a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so again, huge win for the Browns 10 and five on the season. Again, all of the things that people were like, well, what do they need to clinch a playoff spot last week? It was like 3000 things they needed. None of those. Well, some of those happened, but most of them didn't. Uh, but here's the easier one this week. The Cleveland Browns clinch a playoff spot this week with a win. Hey, okay. So the Cleveland right. Browns beat That's the New York Jets. They win. And I think I can't remember the rest of the, what's the other scenarios there's cause there's also like, if two other teams lose, the Browns make it, even if they don't beat Who the Who gives a shit? Just win. <laughs> right. I just, love it. Just, just win. Just win. Just win. Yeah. And so Thursday night football, we only have two days. I kind of, I kind of love this because the anticipation of, can you just clinch a playoff spot? Yeah. We don't have to wait long. Right. The anticipation isn't terrible. You wait two more days. The Browns, the New York Jets in Cleveland at Brown Stadium, the final home game of the year. Uh, and if you win, you're in. And this is a Jets team that is a disaster. I mean, I know they won last week against a Washington Commanders team that is also a disaster. But uh, listen, the Jets can pose some problems. Yeah. 100%. But this should be another one of those games, especially the way we've talked about the defense and how they play at home. The Jets, the Jets should be completely shut down in this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, 
Listen, the 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 matchup of the Jets offense versus the Browns defense, it isn't even a conversation. All right. Like there's it's no brutal. there's there's no conversation to be had. The Jets are at the at or near the bottom of almost every offensive category in a league right now. So there's nothing that the Jets offense or Trevor Seaman can do uh to 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 to, to, to scare me. Trevor what I say? Trevor who? What I say? You said Trevor Seaman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trevor Seaman. There's nothing that this okay. offense and Trevor Seaman can do uh, that scares me at, at all, right? Because the Browns defense are just going to shut it down. Like I said, you know, I mean, look at this Jets offense, right? Last in total yards, second to last in passing yards, 176 a game, 28th in rushing yards, 90. Third from the bottom in points per game with 15, right? They're second to last in getting first downs. They've given the ball away 30 times. The only per- the only team that's given it away more is, th- is, the, is the Browns. Right. But they, so I, I really what it comes down for me, because this is supposed to be a rainy, ugly, muddy game, man. Uh, muddy game, man. So what, what it really comes down to is can this Browns team move the football? Because this Jets, this Jets defense is pretty good. And I kind of laughed when you said about the Browns got to figure out something rushing the football because the weakness of this Jets defense is is, is, is their run defense, right? They give up 126 yards a game. They're 24th, you know, against the run, but, and they're really good uh, when it, when it comes to passing. I mean, they're third in uh, the league in total defense. So yeah, it's a, they could pose some problems defensively. So the Browns are going to have to figure out something in the running game if they're going to get this passing game going. Uh, So yeah, it, it could be a little tough, but you know, it's, like I said, it's supposed to be an ugly muddy. This might be a, a, a grinded out game. Uh, for the Browns, but I, I don't think they're going to have any problem beating this Jets team strictly because uh, that offense just just is 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 a dumpster fire. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon, not great. Uh, oh, Simeon, Simeon, not Simeon. Got it. Okay. And he didn't play terrible in the game again against Washington. And this is a Jets offense that ran for a hundred and sixty some yards in that game against Washington. But again, that's a Washington team that remember kind of blew everything up in the middle of the year. Uh, and so their defense is not very good at all. I would not expect to see, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Brees Hall and Izzy Abanaconda, uh break off a couple decent runs in this game. But I certainly do not expect the Jets to rush for 168 yards against the Browns. Yeah. And again, this, from a passing perspective, this reminds me a lot of the philosophy the Browns had going into a game against Case Keenum last week. Uh, Trevor Simeon doesn't throw the ball downfield. He no. can't really throw the ball downfield. It's nope. not an area of his game. Nope. And so they're going to try to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible, which means the Browns defenders are going to be able to do exactly what they did to Case Keenum last week. Just be sure tacklers, uh, jump routes, don't make things easy and know you're not going to get beat deep. Just, you know, like, again, worry a little bit about Garrett Wilson because he's a baller and he is. But otherwise, be aggressive. Like, I, I love these games for the Browns. Be yeah. aggressive in the pass rush and be aggressive in the defensive backfield. Right. Be aggressive. Jump routes. Well, sure. You're not they, one. You're not. They don't have enough time because this is not a good Jets offensive line it at sucks. all. sucks. They're not going to have time to be double moving you down the field. Nope. And Trevor Simeon can't, he couldn't throw a ball into the ocean from a boat. 61 sacks allowed by this Jets offensive line this year. Yeah. 
That's that second. Oh, the old, only the Giants have given this up more. Bad. That's bad. bad. It's, it's fucking terrible. The whole city of New York has been sacked many it's, times. Oh, my God. Sacks everywhere. Oh, Tommy DeVito no. is still in a potato sack. God. Uh, only New York would get excited about Tommy DeVito. So And awesome. then be like, oh, wait, he sucks. Uh, <laughs> All right, Chad. So let's break this game down. What's your what's your biggest key to this game, and what do you think the final score prediction is? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, as far as defensively goes, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'd like you said, just be just be aggressive. That's all you got to do. Just be you. The Browns don't have to do anything special defensively. Just be you. Pressure the quarterback. Uh, you know, stop the run, and and the Browns should have success offensively. Man, they do. I think they really do have to figure out something in the running game because that Jets secondary is really, really tough. And, you know, I, you know, Joe Flacco, as far as well as Joe Flacco is playing, I, I think this is probably probably going to be if I'm if I'm remembering right. I think this is probably going to be the toughest secondary he's faced uh, since he's been with the Browns. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to have to try to be a little bit more balanced offensively in this game, especially with it being a weather game. So I think if you can be a little bit more balanced, uh, I, I think you should have success. Uh, and, and I think the Browns win this game 21 to three. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think everything is interesting. I think Riley Patterson, that sucks. Dustin Hopkins having one of the greatest years by a kicker in Cleveland Browns history and yeah. gets hurt. Um, so obviously Riley Patterson is a guy that's played pretty well in the NFL before, and he's not an old man. So I'm okay with Riley Patterson. Uh, we'll see if Bajorquez can play. If not, uh, I think they got a guy named hack that can come Matt in and Matt Hack, yeah, can come in and punt. Okay, yeah, I don't think any of it matters. I again, no. I don't think I don't think the offense. I think the, I think there will be a couple frustrating points from our offense to their defense because I do want to give the credit to the Jets' defense. There, it's a good defense. It is a very good defense. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's going to be moments in this game that get frustrating from the Browns offensively. Um, but I, I just don't. I also don't think that any of it will matter. I don't think right. any of it will matter. I, I, I'm i more in like the, I think like 31 to nine might be the final score of this game. Sure. I think 31 to nine is going to be my, my call. Okay. All right. And with that, the Browns will have flinched a playoff position. If that happens right. on Thursday night, let's just put us, let's, let's get this right. Let's get this right. If the Browns win on Thursday night against the Jets at home in the last home game, and they're calling for a whiteout. So fucking do it. Don't be a weird fan. Put your white shit on and go to the game. Uh, Does anybody own white Browns gear? There's a lot of white Browns gear. Uh, they have white jerseys. Well, I mean, yeah, but sure. But not everybody has a white jersey. Yeah, but they make a lot of white. They make white sweatshirts. They make white hats. They make. Yeah, there's a lot of white shit. Yeah, but so many stains come through in the white. I just don't like to get white Browns gear. All it's right. Take gross. it easy. It's just gross. Um. If they get that win, um, they win their 11th game of the year. Mm -hmm. They are officially in the postseason. Yep. Um, they're still alive for the division, although with the Baltimore Ravens absolute, absolutely smushing the uh, San Francisco 49ers last night, the odds of the Ravens losing the next two games are slim to none. But the Ravens still do have to play the Dolphins this week. 
and the Steelers in the last week. And you never know what could happen in a Ravens Steelers game. Hey, Lamar is to Pittsburgh as Joe Burrow is to Cleveland. So yeah. Right. So, (laughs) I mean, so we will see, uh, but at the very least uh, playoff football is going to be happening for the Cleveland Browns. If they get a win this Thursday and man, what a remarkable job. What an yeah. absolutely crazy, remarkable job yeah. uh, that yeah. this whole, you know, everybody talks about Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry, and they should get all the credit in the world. Sure. Uh, by the way, Kevin Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski now is the betting favorite to win the coach of the year award. There we go. Uh, as he should be. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about if, if that happens, when we come on at this time next week, which will be in 2024, the Cleveland Browns will be headed to the postseason. Let's go. Fuck yes. Let's go. Fuck yes. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Um, I want to hit on some other topics, and Chad has got some stuff for the end of the show, uh, so I don't want to waste too much time here, but I do want to get into our little favorite fun segment at the middle of our show, and sometimes you just got to call people out for being assholes, and we're going to call some people out for being assholes right now, so it is time for our Asshole of the Week segment. You go ahead. And I'll start us off. So again, if you're new to the show, our asshole of the week is where we just stop and call somebody out for being an asshole in hopes that the, 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 the embarrassment from being called out on our show makes people stop being assholes. Um, Here's my asshole of the week. I don't care whether it's kids or adults. People that think it's fun to tell little kids that Santa isn't real. Fucking assholes. (laughs) Even if you're a kid, even if you're like 12, and you're like, you got a younger sibling that's like six. And you're like, you know, Santa isn't real. You're an asshole. Why are we stealing that from kids? Right. Why are we doing that? Right. It sucked when you found out. Don't make it suck for them. Let them figure it out later. But I don't know. I thought it was appropriate for the holidays. And Evan Joseph, there's no even, there's no proof. Evan Joseph says Santa isn't real. There's no proof, Evan. There's no yeah. proof. Maybe Santa very isn't, well could you know, maybe Santa isn't, but you know what? The magic is. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I think I was watching a movie and the, like there was an older sibling that was like, you know, Santa isn't real. And I was like, what an asshole. And I was yeah. like, well, that's my asshole of the week. Yeah. Because that shit happens. Yeah. Or you go to school and you're like talking around the other little kids and you're like, Santa isn't real or whatever. Or you're one of those weird ass parents that feel like you have to tell your kids like, well, I need my kid to know the truth on this. No, the fuck you don't. <laughs> it's cool that your kid believes in Santa Claus. Leave it alone. Right. So those people, because of the holidays this week, total assholes. No, Dad, it's pretty, who's yours? Pretty magical, didn't you? Like, uh, did you ever? Did you ever see that online? That it's it's like a mall in like Natick, Massachusetts. Right? Have you seen that? No. Yeah, like it's fucking. It's the coolest fucking mall, Santa thing I've ever seen in my life. You get in this, you get in this booth, right? And it's, oh. it's, it's shaped like an elevator. And then you yes. hit the up button and it like takes you up into the clouds. There's like all these d- different screens that take you up in the clouds yes. and you go fly in and you come down to Santa's door. And it's just, it's, it's so cool, man. It's so cool. Like, why would you ever want to take that type of joy away from kids, man? Don't know. Don't know. Well, it, I do know you'd be an asshole. Yeah. Right. Boom. Asshole. Yeah. Boom. What about you? Uh, God, I, I don't think I really have one. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I don't know. Why, why don't I just go with uh, TJ Watt? I don't know. He just kind of looks like an asshole. <laughs> why not? He just kind of looks like an asshole. What? 
Yeah, I mean, you know DJ Watson asshole. Why? Looks like one. Yeah, he looks like one. I mean, he punches people during games. He, like he's a dirty player, so I guess he, he's kind of an asshole for that, right? Just said, yeah, he seems like an asshole. asshole. Yeah, there we go. All right. You know what's fun about the Steelers being assholes? They're irrelevant assholes, which is yeah. really nice. Yeah, like, right. What a bunch of irrelevant pricks. Yeah, your asshole doesn't matter, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> huh? Gross. Right. All right. Those are our assholes of the week. If yeah. you got one, you want us to share it, chuck it into the comments. Oh, OG Philly just put a good one up. Adam Rank. What an asshole. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. Let's guy. go back to Adam Rank for a minute. Adam Rank, if you will recall, uh, on the NFL network before the season, did his Brown schedule game. And he had the Browns finishing six and 11. Six yeah. wins and 11 losses for this roster. Who I think even like last year was like a worst case scenario year for the, for the Browns. Yeah. And they were eight and nine, right? Like they were not going to get two games worse this year. But Adam Rank didn't think so. Adam Rank thought they were going to go six and 11. And the best thing is, and I think it was all the way up until the Cardinals game. He was wrong on every single one of his picks. <laughs> yeah. Every pick was fucking wrong. Every single one. And then like he picked them to beat the Cardinals and they beat the Cardinals. And then almost, I, I think maybe he got two picks, right? Everything else wrong. He had them losing to the bears. He had them losing to, he had them losing to Houston. He had them losing to the jets. So good sign for us this week. Just everything was wrong. Uh, and Adam rank, uh, as doesn't matter says on YouTube, first class Dingleberry. That's a great one. OG right. Philly. There we go. OG Philly with a great one. With a great one. Uh, all right. Those are our assholes of the week. Uh, again, feel free to keep throwing some in there and we'll pop them up on the screen. But now we want to move on. We've got some other things we want to talk about tonight. Uh, and I think the first place we should start, Chad, is college football playoffs are coming. Yeah. This weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This weekend. Yeah. So we've got two games coming on New Year's Eve. And if you remember, last New Year's Eve was fun because Michigan got housed by TCU. And, man, Ohio State really outplayed Georgia for the majority of a game, and they blew it late in the game. But here's your matchups this week. Alabama, Michigan. Mm -hmm. Number one, Michigan. Number four, Alabama. And then you've got number two, Washington versus number three, Texas. That is the college football playoff. Those are the four teams playing for a national title. Chad, let's start with that Washington, Texas game. Okay. And just give me your thoughts on that matchup. I have a feeling this is going to be a shootout. I, th I think it's going to be like the, the most fun out of the two games to watch. Uh, I, I mean, I love uh, what Michael Penix has done this year. And by the way, I mean, just a little sidebar, I would give my left and right not to get Roma Dunze and Brown and orange. Uh, anyway, um, uh, <laughs> you heard but, that, you heard that Andrew Barry. I know you're watching. Yeah. Um, you heard that. I just think, you know, offensively, they're so dynamic. Uh, Washington is. And, you know, it's the strength of that uh, Texas defense is in, is in their front seven. So they're going to have to get a lot of pressure on Penix if they're going to prevent him, uh, prevent Washington from scoring points on them. But, man, they're just the, they're, they're skill position players. Uh, and that offensive line has just improved gradually uh, this year. So I, I think that Texas defense has their hands full with just an electric uh, Washington offense. Uh, because I forget the other receiver's name too. There they got they got two receivers and a, and a running back thing that can just 
that can take it to the house, that can house it for any time they touch the football. And then Quinn Ewers has taken a gigantic leap forward this year as well. Uh, and so he is leading that offense. And yeah, I just, I, I don't know. All signs for me point this to point to this being a shootout. Uh, so I think this is going to be a, a lot of fun to watch. I think it's going to be a back and forth game. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think in the end, I, I think Washington takes it because, you know, along with their offense, Washington's defense has gotten slowly and progressively better throughout the year. So, yeah, I think Washington's a better football team and I think they're going to win. Yeah, I think Washington is a more complete team. I'm with you. Yeah. I, 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 you know, Michael Penix and, and that offense, the thing about Washington and the way they play and they've been tested in a couple games this year, specifically right. the Oregon games and all that. They're so good at responding when they get text tested. Yeah. You know, yeah. they've gotten punched in the mouth a couple times in games this year, and they always respond. And, and there, there's this very, like, calm, cool demeanor about Washington. They just – they don't get frazzled. They don't get worked up. If they right. – if a team takes a second-half lead on them, they don't let it – they don't get – they don't get crazy. They don't start making stupid mistakes. Right. Washington is just very calm, cool, and collected. And I think they're ready to make that jump. I think they're ready. This team – to make that jump. I like what Texas can do offensively. I think they're frightening offensively. Right. I think they are scary as hell, but I think Washington's defense is probably outside of Alabama. The best defense they're going to play this year. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and remember that was a different Alabama team when Texas played it. Yeah. Uh, because offensively Alabama was nothing early in the season. So that Alabama defense wore out late in that game. Right. Uh, I think Washington's defense is probably the best they will have seen all year. Yeah. And, and I just, I think Alabama's defense is going to get enough stops. I don't think Texas quite has the firepower to hang with Washington. And frankly, I don't think Washington gets frazzled when Texas puts up a big touchdown or something. No, I think they're just going to go. And so I've got, I'm with yeah. you. I, I don't even know if it's a shootout. I think it's more of one of those like 24 to 20 games or something like that. Yeah. Sure where it's close um, and both teams make big plays offense and defense, but I think Washington's the better football team. Yeah, no, I mean, and no, I agree with you about not getting frazzled. And I think a big part of that is Michael Penix. He's a savvy veteran in the college football yeah. world. And so, I mean, they just, they kind of go as he goes. I mean, he stays calm, cool and collected. He gets in a huddle and says, all right, boys, let's get this done. And yeah, I think Michael Penix is, 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 is a big reason for that. Yeah. So I think Washington wins. Penix and Seaman, the quarterbacks we're talking about here tonight. My yeah, God. Nailing it. So uh, hot. So hot. Settle the hell down. Uh, all right. Then we got the other game that everybody's all excited about. Look, it doesn't matter. Says TTUN is going to get housed. It is that team up north, Michigan. And again, as long as they keep, I, said, I can't remember who I said this to. Jay Richardson, maybe when we had him on. Uh, I know nobody likes to say Michigan, but as long as they keep beating up Ohio State, I'm going to call them by name because. They've earned that respect at this point. Uh, Michigan is going to take on Alabama. And what a fucking stroke of bad luck for the number one team in the nation, Michigan, to get put into a game against Alabama. You saw it. If you'll remember when they did the, uh, the, the, the bowl special, they announced the number four team and, and was it going to be Florida state or who was it going to be? And all of a sudden it comes up with Alabama then you saw the air just leave the room of Michigan. Like you just saw them, like one guy stood up and was like, oh no, uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide, the Michigan Wolverines. Chad, how do you think this game's going to go? Uh, I, 
you know, until Michigan can get it done in the playoffs, I'm just not going to buy him in the playoffs. You know, it, it, you know, I've said it before, and Michigan kind of reminds me of, you know, the 2000 and, you know, five to 2008 ish Buckeyes, you know, good enough to win the big 10, but not good enough to get it done in the playoff. And, and I, you know, I think they're facing, you know, a very different Alabama team, you know, Alabama at the beginning of the year, everybody wrote them off, but they, and really, they were just trying to figure out uh, their quarterback. Yeah. I think they cycled through four quarterbacks. I want to say before they just went back to um, Milrow. Milrow. That's it. I knew it was Jalen, but I couldn't remember his last name, Milrow. Uh, and he's just come on. He's developed uh, big time. Um, he's, he kind of reminds me of a, a, a bigger, like a, 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 he kind of reminds me of Bryce young now with where he's at in his development, but with more size and more athleticism. So, yeah, I think he's, I think this Alabama defense is, is, or this Alabama team is, is very dangerous coming into this. And I think they, I just, I think they have more team speed. I think they have more, I think they're the more physical football team. Uh, and, and I think, uh, I think Michigan doesn't really know what's coming for it. I, I just, I just don't see uh, an avenue where Michigan wins this football game because if you look at it, Michigan's offense has also struggled over the last, what not just the Ohio State game, but it's, it's kind of just been 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 sputtering for the last what three four weeks of the regular season. Now maybe yes. they figured something out uh, over the break, but you just you can't you can't not keep pace with Alabama in this football game and expect to win. So yeah, I think, I think Alabama wins this game and I'm going to say, I don't know, 28 to eight, 28 to 17, something like that. I, I just, I don't think it's, I think it's going to be something like that, but I just don't feel like it's ever going to feel close. So yeah, 28 I, 17. I think, um, I think it hinges on one thing really. Cause I don't, I don't want to just be a Michigan hater to be a Michigan hater. No, this is my honest take. I mean, I'm not saying I, it because I'm on Ohio State. No, I know. I know. And you never, you never knew that. Um, yeah. I think if Michigan can run the football, they can win this game. That to me, to me, that's the key to this game. If you can get Blake Corum going, if you can get that running game going, if you get JJ McCarthy out there running the ball a little bit, I think Michigan can win this game because I still, Alabama has closed out their season tremendously, but I don't think this is one of the better Alabama teams we've seen in recent history. Sure. Um, so I think if, if Michigan runs the ball effectively in this game, you could see a Michigan victory. If you're going to rely on JJ McCarthy's arm and the passing game against the pass defense and the ability to get to the quarterback and the ability to cover wide receivers that Alabama has, you're going to lose like bottom line. If you're going to rely on the passing game, you're going to lose. If you're if you're if your run game is ineffective, you're going to lose. So again, I could see Michigan winning this game like 21-17 because they're able to get the run game going. And remember, if you'll remember in 2015 when Ohio State beat Alabama, it was Ezekiel Elliott going crazy. And, and it was just, I mean, Cardale Jones was on the heater of a lifetime. But uh, but Ezekiel Elliott really sealed that game for the Buckeyes. I feel like it could be a similar thing. I think if Michigan can't run the and run the ball, I mean, I think it's, I mean, I think 28 to 10 is in play for Alabama. Yeah. So you remember that time Cardell Jones had three good games and he was like, you know what? I'm good enough for the NFL. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Good for him. I would have done yeah. the same thing, but yeah, I know. Right. Um, I, my prediction is, I think, I think uh, Nick Saban will be ready for the run. A hundred percent. So yeah, I think we're talking like, yeah, I think like 28 to 
Uh, let's give him a couple touch. I mean, 28, 17 is probably the right answer. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dan wise in the comments. Doesn't think Michigan can keep up. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I, you can't argue it again. If they can run the ball effectively and they've been really good at that again, Blake Corum's over a thousand yards on the season. If they can run the ball, then they the can de- keep up. Yeah. Cause the defense has improved over the year too. I mean, cause they had a lot of new personnel on this Alabama defense. So. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. So that's coming up on uh, on New Year's Eve. Both of those games. Next week, we can preview the national championship game. It'll be either Washington or Texas against Alabama or Michigan for the national title. Also, though, coming up this weekend, uh, we got the Cotton Bowl, which is, you know, the best of the who cares bowls. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what the Cotton Bowl is. The best of the bowls that don't mean shit to anybody. Okay. Uh, and we got Ohio State against Missouri. Chad, have you had a, have you had a chance to scout Missouri yet? Uh, you know, funny enough, I have watched a couple of Missouri games, uh, and they were right there with Georgia for for quite a while. I mean, they just made a, a a mistake or two, an extra mistake or two that allowed Georgia to pull away in that football game. But they were they were hanging tough. I mean, Coach Eli Dinkowitz, I think that's his name. Or something. He might be my favorite coach, by the way. Yeah, he's my favorite new coach. And, I mean, he's he's really got that program playing at a high level. And, I mean, and, and it's going to get – you know what? It's going to get even better next year because, you know why? Missouri, I just I, – from what I read, Missouri just got the number one transfer portal class. That's like yeah. – that they just ranked there. So, Missouri football is going to get even better. But, yeah, it's – uh uh, Cody Schrader is is a hell of a football player. Uh, he's going to uh, make some plays uh, on this defense. I mean, I I don't really know. Uh, I I don't really know. Uh, I could give probably a better like idea <laughs> of how this game is going to go if I knew everybody who was playing for Ohio State and knew everybody who was playing for Missouri. But I I just don't. But if, if this if most of this Ohio State defense is intact. Uh, they, they got their hands full, uh, with this Missouri football team. So it's, it should be a fun game to watch. Also don't have a clue who the hell is playing. Right. That's what I'm saying. Mar- Marvin Harrison has been sitting out practices, right? So it, it looks like he is not going to play. This game happens Friday night. Unless something changes. He has sat, he has already sat out practices for this. So I would doubt Marvin Harrison's playing, but he's with the team. So I don't Kyle know. McCord is gone. Yeah. So he's not playing in this game. Right. Uh, we don't know who's playing. We don't I know, know who's playing I, in this game. I know Igbuka is playing. I know he's playing. <laughs> so that gives him a weapon. That's another guy I could I could be perfectly fine seeing an orange and brown at some point. Yeah. Is yep. Ibuka. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's the hard thing. Like predicting this game, especially, you know, you you can you can predict the the playoff because you know those guys are playing in those games. Sure. You can't predict it. You don't know who's playing in these games. Right. I have no idea who's going to play for Ohio State. I don't know who's. I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like. I don't know who's playing a wide receiver. Uh, I, they've lost. They've lost running backs. You don't know who's right. playing, right? So well, they, just, they just got the number one running back recruit in in the portal in the transfer yeah. portal. They just no, yeah, that's that's great for next year. <laughs> but like, that's why. That's why. Like again. I, whatever Ohio, I'm going to watch the game on Friday night. Yeah. I don't give a shit what happens. No. I mean, I want it's Ohio like, State to win. Sure. I'm, I'm going to root for them. I'm going to be sure. cheering for them. If they lose, I'm going to be like, oh, that sucks. But I'm not going to be like, oh, can you believe they lost that game? No. It, it's this game, again, with the way college football is now, 
doesn't matter. Right. This game doesn't matter. Well, and next year we're going to be talking about Ohio state in the playoff. Of course. So, and we're going to be talking about 11 other teams in the playoff. And 11 other teams. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot I wait. I cannot wait. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. I want to do a little couple other quick hitters uh, before we get to, uh, you know what, Chad, do we need mm-hmm. to do quick hitters on these other things? We don't really need to No. Uh, the, the, both, uh, I had the Cavs and the blue jackets written down and I'm like, sure. We don't need to. What are we I mean, gonna, it's going to be the same conversation we had last week and the week before. Uh, here, I'll break it down for everybody. The Blue Jackets, um, a lot of really good individual pieces that are not coming together to fill a hole. There, it's it's a lot of good individual things that are not creating a hole, and it's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. The Russian yeah. line has been has been a lot of fun to watch. That's yeah, but when it, you that's... look at when you yeah, a lot of guys have been fun to watch. Ken sure. Thompson has been fun to watch. Adam Fantilli's been fun to watch. Sure, a lot of people have been fun to watch. But when you put them together as a cumulative total. They've not been fun to watch. Yeah. I, that's I, been the issue. I think that's part of, I, I think that's part that uh, you got to put that on the coach though, by the way. I mean, yes, he's done a great job of keeping the Russian line together because they have built a lot of chemistry, but the, the fact that they don't keep Fantilli and Johnson together in a line is just beyond me. Uh, those two guys know each other. Those two guys have already have, you know, genuine chemistry and that's it. Uh, but yeah, but we had another fun incident with Elvis the other night, like a couple week, oh, a week or two ago. But that's that's about it. Otherwise, the Jackets just keep trying to figure it out. Yeah, and the Cavs are doing the same thing. They're trying to figure it out. Uh, you, you're you're right now. You're without Evan Mobley and Darius Garland for a couple more weeks at least. Hopefully, Donovan Mitchell's back after the holiday. We, they play again tomorrow, so hopefully, Donovan Mitchell's back. Yeah. Hopefully, Sam Merrill's back because this team with Sam Merrill shooting the ball is a different ball team. Yeah. Uh, when you've got a pure sniper, and that's what Sam Merrill is, he is a pure sniper, a guy that can hit six, seven, eight three pointers in a game. That changes the tone of the game, right? So if the Cavs can get healthy, um, again, they're still. I think right now, if the season ended, they'd be the seven seed. They just have to get better as the year goes on, and I don't know. It's just we're in that lull of the year where it's like neither team has been all that fun. The right. Jackets and the Cavs, right? And I don't know. They got to, they both got to get better. And right. it, it's hard to talk about them because it's the same thing over and over and over again. So, well, there's still some games to go. There's still, so I mean, it's, there's a ton of games left. Yeah. So I think instead of that, Chad, I think we just go, you, you said you had some, would you rather questions? Sure. That you put together. I think we finished the episode with some, would you rather questions and then wrap things up here on episode 194. Yeah, sure. I got 10. Would you rather questions sports edition, Mike? Mm-hmm. So here you go. Uh, first off, would you rather have a long average career or a short but amazing career? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, would you rather be in the league in well, I mean, and and we're we're not gonna you know, put this to any specific sport, you know, but you know, in any league, would you rather have a 15-year average career or a four-year amazing career? Yeah, I think I'd rather have the long average career as much as I would love the amazing. Like, I'm thinking of like Josh Gordon in my mm-hmm. head. Like, yeah, holy shit. Remember like prime Josh Gordon versus or like Peyton Hillis or like something like that. Yeah. Versus a guy that's just been in the league for a long time. And yeah, I, I think I'll take the long career. I I don't want to be viewed as a flame out. I'd rather right. be viewed as a guy that was just kind of solid his whole career. And like, maybe he was never like great, great. But like right. solid, like yeah. 
you have to be solid to have a 15 year career in any of the sports. Sure. Sure. So I, I would rather be that guy. Yeah. Like, like, like you're the 24th pick in the draft and you just have a nice, like, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if I would know if I would call Fitzpatrick average. I would just call like that many teams quarterback needy. <laughs> Philly, Philly wants to know what made the career so short. Does it matter? Could be, uh, could be injuries, could be drugs, could be, I don't know, hookers and blow. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want any of that. Something. Yeah. In order to have an amazing short career, something had to have happened. I had to have either, either had a terrible injury, or I got caught doing something stupid, or like something happened. Right. I don't want that. I, I give me the fifteen year career, and I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm happy to go. Okay. Next, would you rather take a year off of whatever sport you're playing, or play? but not score at all for an entire season. Um, yeah, I'll take the year off. I think, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Because if you, I, I think so too, because if you don't score for an entire season, that's just embarrassing. You might ruin your reputation. Like teams, yeah. might, teams, teams won't want, like won't want to sign you if you're a free, like in your free agent year. So yeah, I would totally rather take the year off. I think that also is so sport dependent, right? Like you can't sure. even talk about, you can't even talk about like, it, this is more like hockey almost. Right. And that's kind of it. Right. Cause like Deontay Johnson went for like years without scoring a touchdown, but like, he's still okay. Right. He was all right. So like in football, I think I'd rather play even if I'm not scoring. Right. In hockey, I got to score. Obviously in basketball, I got to score. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, but like, I, I I guess I would rather have a year off than just be totally inept at my sport for a year. Right. <laughs> right. All right. Next. Number three. Would you rather coach a pro or a college team? I I think I would rather coach a college team. Okay. Um, I think it is the average college career, I think is a little bit longer than the average pro career. Okay. Because when a college hires you, you get a little grace. You get like, okay, you have to bring in your class and you've got to show how you recruit, which means you're going to get a little time to like, see how you can recruit and then implement that into your style of play and program and all that stuff. Plus, I mean, the money in college football is outrageous. Sure. Right. So I think I would rather coach a college team because you're given a little bit more leniency Mm -hmm. as to how you, how you operate. And I think in pro sports, it's like, they always say the same thing. Like your first year, it's like, Oh, give them a little time. But that second year, if you are not like markedly improved, your job's on the line. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I just think the influence more is, is there more too. like, you can influence your players more and, and you know, you can, and I, I think the buy-in is a little bit more like more in college sports, I guess it's, it's, you can have a bigger influence in a college kid than you can at a pro for a pro athlete. Cap casualty says that he would take pro because of like the NILs and all that stuff. I, you know, I think that's just now a part of, College football. Yeah. Yeah. It also depends on what program you go to. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. 
Would you rather win the NIT or lose early in the NCAA tournament? Lose early in the NCAA tournament. Easy. <laughs> Don't just skip next. Really? Who fucking cares? Hey, who won the NIT last year, Chad? Uh, James Madison. Cool. Who won it the year before? Uh, George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> who won it the year before? Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Uh, no, UNLV won the three years ago. Listen, listen. Nobody gives a shit about nobody. And I mean this. Nobody gives a shit about the NIT. Winning the NIT means nothing. It means you were the, at best, 67th best team or whatever it is in okay. in college basketball. I would rather be in the, the field to win a title and lose in the first round than win the NIT. Okay. If I'm All in right. the NIT, I've got no chance for anything. If I'm in the field, I've got a chance for a title. Give me that. Okay. All right. Would you rather fight Mike Tyson or John Rocker in their prime? John Rocker? What is that a question? It's a, it's a question. One guy, one guy is going to punch me so hard that I'm going to forget my family. Yeah. And the other guy is just a weird racist that throws the ball hard. I, what? I'll, he's he's going to punch it too. He's a psycho. You never know what's going to happen when you fight John he's Rocker. A, he's you a know bitch. What, you know what? what's going to happen with Mike Tyson, but you never know what's going to happen with John Rocker. I like, I, here's the difference. I would almost actively look forward to fighting John Rocker. <laughs> no part of me would look forward to fighting Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, none at all. I would, I would rather fight prime in his heyday, John Rocker than today, Mike Tyson. <laughs> Yeah. That isn't even a question. I would rather fight prime in his heyday, John Rocker, than baby Mike Tyson. Oh boy. All right. Fuck that guy. John Rocker's a bitch. Would you uh, rather? I, I would, I'd fight him tomorrow. All right. Well, lucky you. He's on the show next week. Uh, would you rather? Question. Would you? <laughs> he's on the show next week, by the way. Uh, would you, would, no, you, would you rather your child grow up to be the greatest curler to ever broom the ice or. The goofiest wrestler in the WWE. Shit. <laughs> I know. Listen, typical. Uh, good. No, goofiest wrestler in the WWE. I was going to say typical, typical parent is like, whatever makes my child happy, but you got to think like the internet is going to know like the, the like, like he's, he's going to be out there now. Goofiest wrestler in the WWE is what you're taking. Yeah. Money. That's true. Yeah. 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 What, what, like the best curler in the world probably makes like 30 grand a year. But does the goofiest wrestler at, make that much? Look at Cap Casualty. Our truth has made a lot of money. Our truth has made a lot of money. That is, <laughs> I, and I love our truth. That's true. I love that guy. Yeah. Listen, I, I, the cur curling's cool, and you can win gold medals and all that stuff. But like, I don't, I don't think that comes with a lot. Of, like, you're also going to have to work. Like, right, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'd rather have him be the wrestler if that's what makes him happy. Would you rather take a slap shot to the ass if it meant Gary Bettman retired? Or that's it. No. Would you take a slap shot to the ass if it meant Gary Bettman retired? That's not a, would you rather? That's, that's not a, would you a rather, would you. but is it, would you? Um, no, I, I don't, I don't mind Gary Bettman all that much. I don't think honest. he's been a terrible commissioner. No, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I actually, I think he's been okay. I think he's grown the sport pretty well. I think, I think he has guided them into access on major networks that they didn't have before that they had to fight for before. 
I think he's done a good job of helping to grow and promote the sport. So, um, no, I don't. I wouldn't. I, I'm cool with Gary Bettman. Would you eat a whole uncooked goat if it meant the Guardians won a World Series? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> this goes off the whole curse of the goat thing. I know it's not Guardians, but like it's a Red Sox thing. But you know, is the goat I, already dead? Well, yeah. All right. Fuck that helps. <laughs> Can I have salt? Can I have pepper? Can I have garlic salt? <laughs> I well, I don't know, man. I'd have to look that up. What kind of diseases do goats carry? I don't, I don't know, know, man. That's it, man. I it's it's a would you would you? Dan yes Weiss, no? Weiss has organs too. Uh, yeah, a whole uncooked goat. <laughs> oh, um, I think it'd be real. T- I think I would start. To be honest with you. I think I'd start the process. I don't know if I could finish the process, <laughs> but I think I'd start. I think if you, if you were like, I can guarantee you that the 2024 Cleveland guardians would win the world series. If you just eat this goat right now, as it sits, I'd start, I'd start yeah. nibbling. Oh, I'd start nibbling. Right. A hundred percent. I'd start nibbling. <laughs> and, and if I couldn't get through it, at least I gave it my best effort, which is more than what the guardians give. Hey, next. Hey-o. All right. Two more. Would you rather have oh, who would you rather have starting for your team in game seven of the world series, a knuckleballer on a smoking hot street, just throwing just like quivering knucklers or a heat seeker, like, like, like a Randy Johnson throwing a hundred mile an hour bird killers. Yeah. Randy Johnson. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Listen, uh, nothing, Nothing against knuckleballers, but when things don't quite go right for knuckleballers, they get taken out of the park. Well, that's like, why I just, said, that's why I said a knuckleballer on a smoking hot streak. Like, like his knuckleball is just working. So you're just saying, what would I rather watch? Well, no. Who'd you rather have starting for you? Yeah. Randy Johnson, like a heat seeker all day, all right, all day. All right. Just all throwing, day. just throwing piss missiles. There's, there's nothing. And, and again, it's changed over time because of the amount of guys that can now throw right. 102 and 103. And that wasn't, it wasn't like that when we were growing up, Chad. Sure. But like, I can still remember times where Randy Johnson in his prime would throw a pitch and it was almost like the batter didn't see it. Right. Like, like the bat, it would go by and the batter would be like, what the fuck just happened? Right. Like that. I love watching that. I love watching that. So yeah, give me that. Give me that. Give me the heat seeker. Remember the Kenny Lofton thing? Like if I wanted to hit you, I'd throw us. That was a slider. If I wanted to hit you, I would throw a fastball. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. And finally, would you rather be Steve Bartman or Scott Norwood? Why am I why am I blanking on Scott Norwood? No, the the Bills kicker that wide right. Oh, <laughs> the yeah, yeah. Wow, that took me a minute. Uh yeah, Steve Bartman. How would you feel like I mean, my God, like you're sitting there listening to your 1987 Walkman, like just trying to tune everybody out. <laughs> just after catching that ball. And I mean, it was kind of the new curse. Like you kind of set off a new curse there for a few years. It sucks what happened, but in the end it wasn't. Oh, so OG Philly said, yeah, Norwood still made money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know what? In the end, Bartman's play stinks, but like his team still could have won the game. Sure. 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 Versus in the end, Norwood like actively had a hand in losing games for his team. And that sticks forever. I'll never forget so, Moises. I'll never forget Moises Alu. Yep. Throw. Yep. And like, like temper tantruming. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh boy. All right. Well, yeah, that's I, it. I still would rather be Bartman because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't the one that made, like I didn't miss a kick. Yeah. That's and it. That I'd rather have. All right. That that's is good, it. Chad. That was yeah. good. That was good. All right. That is going to take us to our final segment here on episode 194 of the garage beers podcast. And while in the middle of the show, we like to call out people for being assholes at the end of the show, we like to spread a little bit of cheer and there's no better time to spread cheer than right here during the Christmas season. So Chad, I'm going to let you lead us off with our three cheers of the week, which uh, is only going to be two because Joey's not here. Right. I'm going to cheers the Pistons because you have officially taken the Cavaliers out of the record books and have set the NBA all-time losing streak at 27. So good on you. Detroit sucks. <laughs> uh, I was at the game when the Cavs broke that uh, yeah. losing streak against the Clippers, I believe. Right. And it was, it was, it was like more fun than going to like an NBA finals game. Like it was <laughs> yeah. just awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Detroit's on it. That's, that's tough. And what's really tough is how do you have that many top five draft picks on your team? And just, yeah. I mean, it, do, it, it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. No. So, so yeah, here we are. Stop, look at Dan Wise. How bad has it been in Detroit? Well, the Arizona Diamondbacks have won a game more recently than the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Yikes. Whoops. Yikes. All right. So that's Chad's cheer. My cheer is going to come from me and Chad and from Joe. My cheer of the week as we head into the year 2024 goes out to everybody, to all of you. Everybody that has taken a minute to interact with this show, all of you guys that watch us on a regular basis or not on a regular basis live, all of you that listen to us on Apple or Spotify or iHeart or whatever, wherever you get your podcasts, whether you interact with us on Twitter or TikTok or Instagram or whatever, every one of you that has taken a minute out of your time to just hang out with us and talk sports and be a part of the show and enjoy just being a part of what we do here on Garage Beers. We have done this since April 1st of 2020. This is the last show of 2023, and I cannot tell you how much we appreciate you. So you get the final cheer of 2023. It goes out to all of you. Uh, we really, I cannot tell you how much we appreciate you. Cannot tell you how much we like hanging out with you guys, uh, whether it's in the chat or on social media or whatever. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And you guys are absolutely a hundred percent the best. If you like us and you, and you, and you want to give us a cheers back, just tell people to join us, tell people to jump in, uh, we don't ask for a lot here, but we do want to see what we can do with this show. So tell your friends, tell your family. If you're like, ah, you're looking for a good new podcast that you haven't heard before, go check out Garage Beers, whatever. Um, but we love you guys, and we really, really appreciate you. So you guys get my cheer. Yeah, yeah. Cheers to you guys. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for episode 194, the last episode of 2023. Uh, the last order of business for us is just our thank yous, first of all. Uh, thank you to the OBR, Barry, and the whole crew. Uh, we are hosted every week on the OBR streaming network. The OBR is the best place for Cleveland Browns coverage. Get to the OBR.com and make sure you are following all the socials for all the best up-to-the-minute Browns coverage. Uh, our next thank you uh, goes out to, again, all of you. Uh, again, it, it has been a spectacular ride through 2023, and we got big things planned for 2024, so make sure you are tuned in for all of that 
But thank you to you guys for joining us. For Joey, who wasn't here, uh, yeah. but go follow him online anyways. That, yeah, asshole of the week, Joe. Yeah. Uh, go follow him online anyways at Garage Beers Joe. For Chad over there on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers Chad, I am Michael Keefe at Garage Beers Mike. Go follow the show at The Garage Beers on all the socials. And we will see you next Tuesday for our first episode of 2024. Until then, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Cheers, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>